so uh, we've been doing um, a relationship boot camp this entire month. And again, it's, you know, I think sometimes when you hear relationships, people only think about boyfriend and girlfriend or they only think about um, husband and wife. But we have relationships at every level of our lives. Uh, covenant relationships, just in the body of Christ, we have relationships, friendships. Uh, we have, uh, there's so many different things. But the thing that, that most of our pains, our hurts, most of our depressions, uh, even the reason why a lot of us are not um, struggle in our harmony with church and the things is because of relationships, just with pastors or people in church that, you know, a little edgy, a little funky or deceptive. Some people are, hey, deceptive. Uh, and so, so, so we, want, we take this month to spend time just to help us navigate through relationships. I know we think, you know, if we uh, strike a gold, hit the lottery or whatever, that's what's going to change our lives. But you can have all the money in the world. If you don't know how to navigate through relationships, uh, you'll destroy every penny of it. Uh. Right? You know, some of us thinking once I find the right person, yeah, you can have, you can find the right person, but if you don't know how to navigate through relationships, you'll, you'll crush that person. Huh. Right? If I find the right church, yes, but if you are jacked up on the inside and don't know how to flow in relationships and be vulnerable, be transparent, speak the truth in love, you'll blow the opportunity to be a church. Like right now, we got a lot of people that's at, that's even in, in our congregation, great people doing, that, that, that's designed to do great things. But they haven't learned how to navigate relationships to learn what they don't know. Uh -huh. So what they do is they hide. You know, they run as soon as they're challenged with, some, with change, they grow. Talking to a sister of mine, she just moved from um, Newark, New Jersey to Ohio. So you might be listening to this, but I'm going to use it. And so we were talking about how everybody's, what was the comment? She, she made in the discipleship class, she says, well, everybody's good. And so I said, well, everybody has the potential to be good. She says, well, well, Keith, don't be negative. I said, no, I'm not being negative. I said, if I recognize the reality of where everybody is, two things are going to happen. If everybody's not good, that means I'm also not perfect either. So that means I always got to open myself up to what I need to change. But guess what? I have to be looking for opportunities to help other people to change. Right. But if everybody's good, I don't have to change, and I don't have to be an agent for change. So now I don't have to be accountable or responsible for no one. I could just do what I want to do every day and I don't have to, like I could pretend what you're doing is okay because I can always put that under the cover of who am I to judge. Mm. That means I don't have to talk to you, Trey, when you're going through stuff. I can just go, hey, that's on Trey, <laughs> right? But he could be imprisoned and bound by pain and frustration and even in his own insecurity because everybody told him years ago it was hard for him to learn and I could help him. But no, 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 I just, Trey, He's going to be fine. Long as he likes me, I'm good. Right? And so that's why we spend time talking about relationships because it's a stretch um, and it's tough. So we started out last week talking about what real love is. You know, because, you know, you got different levels of love. You got phileo love. You got, well, you got eros love, which a lot of us know about because that's that touchy-feely. Uh -huh. You know, y'all know, know about the eros, right? You know, teenagers know about eros, right? <laughs> Right? Can I get an amen? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? All right. And then you got phileo, that brotherly love, which, you know, so I love Terrence like a brother, but I don't love Terrence like I love my wife. Somebody say amen. <laughs> All right, good, good. Right? 
And then you have, so you got that brotherly love, phileo, you know, Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. But then you have agape love. Now, this is the one that we know about, have heard about, but we don't spend too much time becoming or operating or being saturated with it. That's unconditional love. That's what it takes for us to have a fulfilling relationship. Because what's been... What's been causing us to sometimes come around the kingdom, sometimes come around church, sometimes to flow in our marriages and harmony or sometimes be roommates is normally if somebody don't meet your conditions, it changes the outcome of the relationship. That's true. Especially for the, us that's been spoiled. Can I get an amen from the spoiled people in the room? Oh, okay. I, my my <laughs> way right. the highway. Look, look, look. You, look. You, ain't, you ain't get a whole lot of tickets, you know. No, no spoiled, no... Uh, the all-American child. They even got a couple spoiled people. Well, you don't spoil yourself, so I don't know if that counts, right? But you know, you got a couple. Yeah, and family got a sister in the back. You know, probably like you know, may, might be a daddy's girl in the back, right? But it's not a bad thing. It's just that you, when you go into covenants and relationships and friendships, you can't take how you were raised and spoiled or babied, or you can't take that on the road. Now you have, to, you have to take all that love you got and give it away, right? Now we're talking operating unconditional. I'm not trying to get none. I'm getting enough at the house. I got enough growing up. I'm in a position to pour out all this stuff, right? You had a thought there, sweetheart? Oh, no, we get no. Into when you this? were talking about uh, being spoiled, I thought about, you know, being spoiled. You talking about you being spoiled? Well, you know, I mean, I spoil I, you. yeah, you do, you do. It's not my fault. Make the rules, right? Okay. But but being spoiled spoils things. It spoils things around you. Mm. Um, and and so uh, you know the the whole thing about taking up your cross, following him, is about giving of yourself. It really is. It's it's and and that's hard because you know we want it our way or it's the highway. But the reality is to become the mature Christians that God really is is calling us to be is going to require us to not be selfish. We have to be selfless, um, you know, and, and not thinking of ourselves. And that's, that's tough because some of us, you know, grew up in a situation where we weren't necessarily considered, you know. And then when you finally get in a relationship, you know, you really believe, <laughs> hey, it's my time now. Uh, so, you know, uh, what about me? What about me? So, you know, that's, that's important for us to think about that because what this whole life is about, y'all, is about others. That's really what it's all about. It's, it's about others. How can we get we, we we wake up every day to make someone someone's life better? I mean, but if you wake up every day figuring out how to make your life better, then you'll always be self-serving, self-seeking, you know. And you won't actually. Here's the thing about it: you won't even get uh, uh, satisfied because nobody can measure up to what it is that you desire. So, you know, the thing is, when you give, the, the thing about it is you reap what you sow. So if you sow, you know, what you want, then guess what? You're going to reap it. So it's best to go ahead and go ahead and, and, and not be selfish, but learn to be selfless, you know, thinking of only others uh, before ourselves. That's great. Let's, let's look at this scripture, uh, which we've talked about, but we're going to look at it a few different ways. And this, this relates to any possible, it's going to relate to any possible relationship we could have in this lifetime. Mm. Uh, so Matthew 22, we're going to start at verse 37. Matthew 22 verse 37 
And it reads this. It says, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. Mm. Now, you read a lot of scripture that talks about spirit, soul, and body, but this is not what this is talking about. This says, with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. So basically, it's, it's telling you to go deeper and deeper. You're starting at the heart. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart. But then you go deeper down into the soul. Then you go deeper into the mind. Your default, even whatever you think about and all your choices, you're playing off of God. It says, this is the first and great commandment, verse 38. Verse 39 says, and the second is like unto it. So it's similar, but it's not exactly the same. Mm -hmm. So it says, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, and mind. It says, look, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. Mm -hmm. So he's basically saying, love your neighbor with all your heart, soul, and your mind also. Mm -hmm. so, so it's saying your first love, of course, would be to God because that fills you up with love. Mm -hmm. But then that assists you in operating in the second level of love in loving others. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, there's a scripture, you know, love, look, it says love others as thyself. Now, we love self, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. No lie now. <laughs> we love some self. You know, I don't know. Nobody in this, this room that has a house with no mirrors. Okay, I didn't get no takers. So, 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 and we and and we spend some time looking at the mirrors, right? Mm -hmm. You know, some of y'all put some, put a lot of effort in that hair, right? <laughs> you know, spend a lot of hours getting those braids tied up, <laughs> right? <laughs> we good, right? And pain. Yeah, she said the pain, right? It and hurts. Pain. Mm -hmm. Or you know, or you know, spending time getting that hair uh, uh, freeze dried, right? <laughs> So, so, so what I'm saying is that's not a bad thing. The scripture talks about the adoration. Yeah, the, what? Freeze dried hair. I'll explain later. I'll explain later. <laughs> Y'all might not like it. All right, so, so but, but, but the scripture talks about adoration. Like one of the things I had to learn crossing over from my world in North New Jersey is how, how uh, the, a, a woman is designed to be adorned. Mm -hmm. So, hey, hey, hey. Bling it out. Do whatever you want to do. You know, polish it up. But not as much as you're putting on Christ. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, like mm -hmm. just keep things in priority. If the attention is not, if, if the attention comes to you, it should be sent or deferred to Christ. Mm -hmm. you, you don't want to drink that glory, right? Mm -hmm. That's what, uh, what the king did, right? Didn't the king do that? Got eaten up by worms? Because we're not designed to store glory for ourselves. All right, so with that in mind, I want to say yes, this. Yes, yeah, what I thought about is a lot of us we wear makeup and makeup hides, but the glory of God shines through. And so sometimes, you know, we could be getting away with the outward appearance. Um, we think we think we're getting away with the outward appearance, but taking on Christ, mm -hmm. it actually shines through. So you, you, you might as well go ahead and say, okay, you know what? I mean, I could doll myself up. I can look holy. You can even look holy. You know, there are people that look holy. But your actions, the, just the way you carry yourself, all of that, all of that tells on you, uh, tells on us. We'll say us. <laughs> I'll include myself. It tells on us. So we can, we can outwardly try to look the part, but inwardly shows bright, very bright. And that's, that's, so that's the key. So if, if, if the glory of God is shining through you, then mm -hmm. you look majestic and, the, mm -hmm. and the, the clothes and the makeup are enhancements. Mm -hmm. uh, but if, if the world is shining through you, that, 
all the clothes and the makeup just looks like a mask. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? You know, you look like a dressed up zombie. But anyway, that's, we'll, just, we'll just keep moving for that. We'll just keep on moving, right? All right, so, so, so last week we talked about love and we talked about um, uh, how do I know I'm, I'm loved or in love, which is two different things. You know, we all cross through this place of infatuation in our lives, you know. You know, where you the serotonin and the dopamine, where you, you feel good because you're around something or someone. Right, everybody's gonna process through that, but that's just saying, hey, this is the person that you can vet to see if this is an agape situation. Mm. But a lot of us never cross over to that. We just go, <laughs> we just live off of the the goosebumps or the honeymoon stage, which when it wears out, now you you've already committed, so now you're fighting with this very person that you thought was the one. Right, but you're supposed to go through a process. So remember, we said like when you were a child, when I was a child, spake as a child, father as a child, understood as a child. But when I became a man, I put off childish things. First Corinthians thirteen eleven. Right, so that means there was no boundaries when we're young. I was looking at little Tatum right now. Tatum hasn't established boundaries for what he's thinking. He hasn't established boundaries for you know what he's going to absorb. He hasn't established boundaries for what he's going to say. You guys can say something, repeat exactly what you say. Mm-hmm. But he, he doesn't know the meaning. <laughs> you know, so, but when we mature, we're supposed to now establish boundaries for how we think, boundaries for what we say, and boundaries for what we absorb. Mm-hmm. That's what maturity is, not if I got a car or a house. Not if I've been in, in, on a ministry position for years. You could be in a ministry position for years and be a child. Mm-hmm. Right? So, so we talked about now we're crossing over to love. Love costs something. Mm-hmm. And children don't know how to love. Right? They're, they're selfish. Like, you know, they don't care how many hours y'all work. I'm hungry. Feed me now. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, he don't change his own di- diapers and get his own Gerbers. Or, I don't know if they feed kids now, but, but he don't do that. You guys have to do it. And he don't care what your schedule was that day. He's, it's okay for him. He's a child. But how do we grow to be 20, 30, 40, 50 years old and still operate like little Tatum, mm-hmm. who's two, about to be two? Mm-hmm. Two next month, right? He's about to be two. How do we get that old and we're still childish in our thinking and our speaking? Like, you know, hey, don't get mad. Some of us still cursing. Even though the Bible says you snare by the words of your mouth. Hey, it's okay. Well, it's not okay, but I'm just saying, don't get condemned. Hopefully you're convicted. That ain't cool. You haven't established a boundary with what comes out of your mouth? Even though life and death is in the power of the tongue, you're snared by the words of your mouth? What? How are you going to just talk to us like that? I ain't saying no names. I'm saying we should <laughs> mature, Right? That's going to affect our relationships. If every time you open your mouth, you're angry, who wants to talk to you? Okay, I'm telling you, nobody. They're they scared to tell you because you, you're cussing them out. But I'm telling you, don't nobody want to deal with an edgy, nasty, always mad person? Nobody. They ain't telling you, I'm telling you. I'm sorry, baby, did you have a thought? I don't know how that came across. That might be a little edgy, huh? <laughs> right? But uh, do you understand what I'm saying? 
No, but you know, you were talking about Tatum earlier um, and how, you know, how do you go from there to being older? And honestly, parenting is so important because if you all don't start to change some of his ways and things like that, all, all of you that have children, they will grow up to do the exact thing that they're doing. It's just greater and, and, and uh, a lot more. It's just a lot more. Right, you sent so, them out there to, to, to frustrate the, the first, first you got them frustrating the nursery. Then you got them frustrating preschool. Then they frustrating the schools. But you like that's my baby. No, your baby, you're not parenting. Right. Right. Then they go to high school. They frustrating all the coaches. Uh, I, I, I went to a game. It's not. It's not. Things like middle school. No, it's not even that. It might be elementary. And the kid was going off. And instead of the parents going, oh, oh hey, 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 like with my son. Oh, whoa. Listen, take him out the game. Leave him out the game. No, no, no. The parent was like. What's wrong with these referees? No, what's wrong with your child? Now we're laughing, but some of us are adult versions mm -hmm. of that same child. Absolutely. Throwing tangents. Yep. Soon as somebody tells you something to, to change, mm -hmm. you defensive. Mm -hmm. Now everybody, just t no, I'm going to tell you right now. Hey, hey, I'm going to give you inside information. Whole family talking about you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> They're afraid to talk to you. Yeah. But everybody talking about you. Like, yeah. you going to talk to them? Yeah. I'm not talking to them. You, you, babe, you, yeah, I, I don't know. So we're trying to, to challenge you. You're a great person. Let's grow up, y'all. Mm -hmm. We're great, gifted, hey, hey, gifted. Let's grow up. Can't nobody receive your gift because the mm -hmm. package is packaging razor blades. Mm -hmm. So can we grow up? I get it. Ain't no, I don't want nobody to know my business. Ain't nobody tell me what to do. I'm grown. All those things you're saying about yourself is only in your own mind. You ain't grown. You're acting like a child. If nobody can tell you anything, you're a child. Yeah, only children say true. that. That is so true. If you got your business, which you're not getting paid for, you're a child. Because the scripture says, let your light shine. You're supposed to be living in exposure, not in hiding. Mm -hmm. uh, it, did that come across the wrong way? No. You should have seen the looks on the people's face when I said it. <laughs> Speak for you speaking for them? All right, so we talked about that last week. I, we'll skip through the whole childish thing. We, I, I guess that was last week was enough. The second stage we grow to, which is what we're going to highlight today, is, again, these are not ages. These are stages. So you have a stage of immaturity when it's hard for you to embrace love because every time love knocks at your door, you're going to reflex mm -hmm. to, to what? Being a child. No, because love is saying, I, you got to give me something. A child is saying, no, I need something. Right? So now this next stage is what we call teen to young adult where now you're learning how to love. Now give of yourself in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Right, uh, embrace some uncomfortable moments, and um, all right, before we get to this, could I do this? Mm -hmm. Okay, all right, so, so at, in this stage, it's beyond the friendship stage. One of the things we do in, in a courtship, this is not just boyfriend and girlfriend, husband and wife, but I'm gonna just share the stage in courtship. We, we, we tell people, okay, let's get past all the touchy feely, let's develop a friendship. Very few of us have done this. We go from, yeah, I love you, to, will you marry me? We done skipped 
how to be friends. Mm-hmm. See, when the butterflies wear off, we talked about this. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to triangulate this to our relationship with Christ and the body of Christ and all that and our work relationships. But when the butterflies wear off, right, now you got to deal with each other. Mm-hmm. All the movies in the world ain't going to stop those arguments, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> all the dinner in the world, you had dinner like, this fool got me twisted. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm going to enjoy this meal because I like steak. But uh, once this good steak is over, oh, you're going to get a piece of my mind when you get in this car. I don't like the way you was talking to that waitress. Right? You know what I'm saying? Like, like, so the dinner don't change all that, do it? Mm-hmm. And now y'all can say, hey, man, you're going to get in trouble. I know y'all. <laughs> right? So, so, so what we're saying is now we're crossing over to this stage where we're going beyond. It's, let's discover why God brought me together with this person. Mm-hmm. Right? Why God brought me together with this person. So let's go from Eros Phileo to Agape. Unconditional. Unconditional. Takes no account of a suffered wrong. 1 Corinthians 13. Right? Patient. Kind. Right? Mm-hmm. And then, so, so now you're learning to control your emotions and your cravings. Because when you're a child, child, children can't control their emotions and they can't control their cravings. Right? So, so they, they're, uh, we talked about this in the uh, discipleship class this morning. The spiritual man is, is, has the door closed to God but open to the flesh. The carnal man has the door open to God and the flesh. Mm-hmm. So he's this is unstable, double-minded. So in this stage, we're used to our self and selfishness, but now we're crossing over to consider others. Mm-hmm. Right, so we're going to transition. We're going to sometimes snap back to, what about me? Give me mine, give me mine, give me mine. We're going to snap back to that. But we're trying to cross over to what's important to you is important to me. Philippians 2.3, esteem others than yourself. Philippians 2.4, look every man. It didn't say some, some men or women. Everyone on the things of others and not of themselves. If we start, if I, if I focus on myself and she's focused on me, okay, now I'm corrupting myself because it's too much, right? It's, 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 it's now I'm, 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 I'm hoarding. It's vain now. My mind is not designed for me to feed myself and to get the nourishment that's designed for me to grow from someone else. For example, apple trees have to get nourishment from the ground. Actually, apple trees do not get apples for it to grow. Water maybe, but not apples. So apple trees are not designed to eat their own apples. No tree is designed to eat its own fruit. It doesn't grow from its fruit. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Its fruit is for what? Other people to partake of. We should be like trees planted by the rivers of water, bringing forth fruit producing in our season. So now I'm producing something that's for her to partake of. Every time she pulls from me and takes from me, it places a demand on me to pull from God. Right? But if I produce something and before she partakes of it, I'm eating it myself. It's not going to nourish me. I'm not getting nourished. I'm not going to grow. I'm not, I'm, it's, I'm intended to give away all that's in me, not to consume all that's in me. 
And that's what happens. We're so about ourselves that we don't realize we're corrupting ourselves. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Right? So, so I'm supposed to be taken away. Do you have a thought there? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, the thing is, um, some, some people might say, well, you know, it's hard to um, give. You know, some people are just not givers. They're, you know, But the thing is, the closer you get with God, the more you take on God, and God is what? Love. Mm. And he wants to give his goodness to everybody. He's full of goodness. And so the more, the closer you get with God, you know, I think about our relationship. Um, my husband is a server by nature. Like he will serve you to the point where it will sometimes, and I'm saying this respectfully, get on your nerves. Because if you are a self-sufficient person like I am, I want to do things on my own. You know what I mean? I just, I was, mm-hmm. I, was I, br- I was brought up by, by myself. And I didn't really need any help. But he is right there to support me in, in a lot of ways. And so, uh, but what I started to think about was, man, how can I give back to him? Now, that didn't happen right away because <laughs> at first it was like, gimme, 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 gimme. I wasn't consciously thinking that, but subconsciously I was just receiving, 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 and he was wear, he's weared out, wore out. I don't know if you were, but you, there were times you seemed like you were wore out because his attitude changed. You know what I mean? It was like, I don't know, you weren't as patient maybe in times, you know. So I'm just saying. Being very tactful. What, <laughs> but, but, but it's true. But as I drew closer to God, as I drew closer to God, I began to see what he, did, what he does. Now it's like I'm conscious, like, how can I help? How can I assist him? How can, how can I afford, make it better for him? Whereas before, and I'm still learning. I mean, I haven't, he's probably saying, okay, when is, when is it going to kick in? No, I'm not saying <laughs> But But, but I'm, I'm mindful of it. I'm, I'm really trying to find ways, because that's the other thing about him. He is self-sufficient, like totally self-sufficient. So it's hard to serve him. You know, at times, y'all aren't, you know, people that uh, serve him, armor bearer or whatever, y'all you know. You don't have to get no help. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm. <laughs> really, Tanya? But I'm, I guess I'm kind of like that, too. Some, some people might say the same thing. I, but you, um, but yeah, I, but go ahead. So the interesting thing about what she said is that, that ties into even in the body. And, and what she said is totally true. Like, I have no rebuttal. Um, but it ties into the body like, like. You know, we've been about ourselves, and then now God has put us in a body to want uh, to give of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, like like we talk about this all the time, the person that's used to serving, like like I'm used to serving, so I gotta learn to receive mm-hmm. because my default is giving. I give give without even trying. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then people that are used to receiving have to learn to give, mm-hmm. right? You see, so it's kind of a balance. Um, and sometimes, you know, it's a transition. So, you know, as pastors, people watch us, they go like, why don't you cut that person or why don't you remove that person? They always just think about themselves. Well, again, I'm giving them love and patience, the opportunity to become what God designed them to become. We're fully aware of where everybody is. And then you don't hear the private conversations. Mm-hmm. But they're in a stage just like you, me and my wife was talking about this last night how everybody's at different stages. So let's say you find a person that uh, always look like they're trying to jockey for a position or, or now you may not know they're just dealing with low self-esteem. They, they're not, they ain't against you. They're not trying to lord over you. They're not trying to push you out of position, but they've never been considered before. 
So they they want to show you, hey, I'm valuable. Look at what look at what I can do. This, that, and the other. Um, but they're learning how to process it through. But guess what? That person may not have no issues with the word. But now you have the person that doesn't operate that way. They don't operate where they're always trying to jockey for position, always trying to be in control. And sometimes if they make mistakes, they they I'm be nice. I don't, I don't want to call them a, they lying, but they may not accept responsibility for making mistakes. Okay. All right, but, but this other person accepts responsibility for making mistakes. They're not jockeying for position, but they ain't never in the Word. So, it's okay not to be in the Word? But see, they're highlighting what they are good at, but they're not focusing on what they're not. The other person, like, like we can't, can't none of us talk about each other because all of us have things that we're growing to work on. So that keeps us all humble. So we may not be like that person, but there's stuff that we're not doing. Mm -hmm. So all we got to do is just work on ourselves first. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're finished, a finished product, then take the time out by all means to help people to get to that level. But if God is still placing demands on you to change and adjust some things, you probably don't have time to talk about nobody else. I'm just saying probably. You know, you could figure that one out you probably don't uh, you have one person that may focus on I can't believe they're drinking now now I, I can give you a thousand scriptures why you shouldn't drink okay but then a person goes, look at this person I can't believe this person's drinking and then they watching porn but they're highlighting oh boy this person man they so deceptive uh, they 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 always talking about ministry but they ain't watching porn. <laughs> okay, am I saying, hey, let the person go that's selfish, drink? No, no, no. Address that behavior and grow them, help them grow from there. Disciple them from there. But at the same time, open yourself up to be discipled from watching that porn. I just do watching porn and I, you know, I just. Gave an example, okay? <laughs> I gave an example. I don't know what the Holy Spirit was doing, but I just gave an example. <laughs> right? You understand what I'm saying? So, so what that does is that keeps us all humble, but it doesn't mean, well, I'm watching porn, so I can't talk to the person that's been deceptive mm. or being irresponsible. Or, yeah, you can talk to the person, and you can say, hey, I've mastered this. Let me help you with that. But you've probably mastered something that I'm working on. Could you help me? So now, now you're not going in as an authority. You're going in as a part of the family too. Hmm. Right? Because you could be, I mean, I can't believe Pastor Keith, Pastor Mel letting that person get away with that. Well, the only reason you get away with what you're doing is because you're hiding it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This person's out here on First Street, full blast where everybody can see. You just hide. Okay, that's going over real well, babe. <laughs> let, let, let's just get to this because I want to get to your stage here. So, so in, in this stage, we're talking about you establishing genuine friendships. You know, Scripture talks about showing yourself friendly, but, or to, to establish friendship. So you're giving friendship to have friendship. But it also talks about no greater love than this than a man has for his friend. He'll lay down his life for his mm -hmm. friend. So it's not about me being liked. It's about what's best for you. That's what a true friend does, right? It's about what's best for the other person. So, so, and it's not, it's, it's, it's crossing over from 
the, the, the harmonizing with the world to having a solid relationship with God. So, okay, so you meet somebody this week, okay? So, and you meet the person and it seems like this person is the one, right? But every time you're with them, they're spending time talking to somebody else. You excited about that? I'm talking about opposite sex. I am focused on opposite sex for that one. Are you excited about that? Well, how do you think God feels? Because the Bible says friendship with the world is enmity against God. Mm -hmm. Right? So how do you think he feels? When you're trying to bring this old relationship into your relationship with him. I, just ask him. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> right? So, 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 so again, it's, it's a genuine friendship. Right? Scriptures come out from among them and be ye separate. Right? In 2 Corinthians 6, 17. So at this stage is where we know truth and embrace reality. Now this is the thing. The scripture talks about being intimate with the truth. That word know means to be intimate with. And that's John chapter 8. So a lot of times we say, you know the truth and the truth shall make you free. But how many people are intimate with the truth? I mean the truth. The word truth means finding reality. Not your reality. Not the deceptive perception you may have because I already committed to a lifestyle before I came to Christ. We're talking about the reality. So I'm not, listen, listen. I'm only setting targets as a pastor. She's only setting targets. We know everybody's not walking on water because they hear this. And I'm not saying it. Like I have to have crossed over to these levels to talk about it because otherwise I'm a hypocrite, right? So, I mean, what do I do? Do I not, do I, do I stay compromised? So you can say, well, you know, he relates to me because he's compromised too. Well, we're both in the quicksand. We're both going to sink. So me getting out of the quicksand don't make me better than you, but it positions me to throw a rope down to help you to get out. Mm -hmm. You understand what I'm saying? So, so, so I have to have a level of, listen, put yourself in a position we're talking to your family. You have to have, have mastered something to be able to even talk to them. You feel more confident and credible. Not better, you just feel, hey, I can say this because I've gone through your, your situation and I've seen it actually works. Because otherwise I'm talking uh, a concept or speculation. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And so that's what we're trying to say. Yeah, you got to know, embrace the truth and reality. You have a thought there? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's big because the thing about it is um, it takes vulnerability and transparency to know yourself. Like to really know yourself, to be intimate with yourself. You know, because we do, we tend to maybe live lives, uh, lies. Um, you know, we're one way, but like outwardly, but inwardly, there's a truth that we, we try to hide. And so, you know, but the, everything that we're talking about, y'all, is, is just having a renewed mind. A renewed mind that is in agreement with the word of God. Because on the outside, there's so many different things coming at us. The world, music, uh, you know, the way you dress, the way, you know, it's just, it's out there in our face Flash every flooding. single mm -hmm. day. And, and, and so we have to be intentional with this. It's like you literally have to be intentional with this. And so what you hear, you'll hear a message like today and be like, yeah, that's it. I need to change. But the problem with that is, Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. The more you hear, the more you have faith for. The more you have faith for, the more you'll begin to start to, to take on what you've been hearing. If you only hear this message today, it's, it's, it's called mental assent. I agree. It right. sounds right. 
But then if that's all, you, you, you walk out those doors and you don't hear a message like this again, you'll, you'll snap back into the same person, the same uh, uh, you know, person that's trying to grow, let's say. That's good. And, and so it's important that we understand we, we have to have a renewed mind to the word of God. That's what it's all about, y'all. Because, again, we're faced with the world every single day on your job. Uh, television is bombarded with the world um, everywhere you go it's just the world is just boom 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 all and and so then you say it's hard you because it looks like there's such a big resistance to what the world is doing when you try to live for God it seems hard but actually in reality what you have to do is learn to shut the noise down learn to shut the noise out learn to you know like like how about taking time being quiet? We all live in, in a, a busy society where we always have to hear sound. If you're driving in your car, why do you have to turn the radio on? If you're at home, there are times I'm at home, I'm in the living room and I have nothing on. I'm, I'm just sitting there, maybe for an hour. What am I doing? I'm getting in touch with myself. I'm getting in touch with God. I'm getting in touch with just quieting my spirit man to hear, to pay, to pay attention. Because life gets busy and before you know it, you're not paying attention. We're not, we're not maximizing moments. We're not, we're missing, you know, uh, uh, important things in people's lives, you know, important things with your children. You know, we're, we're, we're just busy. We're, we need to stop, pay attention, enjoy the journey instead of just everything is fast. You know, when, when you look back on pictures and you say, oh, I wish I could hug that little boy like what I did, you know, our son. When he was younger, I look back on some of the pictures and I feel like I could have, like if I had him now today, oh my God, it would just be so much love that I would just want to shower him with. But what happened? I got busy. Back then, I got busy. It was all about the paycheck. It was all about moving and shaking and all that, as opposed to really, really embracing what I have. What's that you have in your presence that you've been ignoring? That's good. See, see even when we, we, we do a teaching called uh, Understanding the Word, and we talk about how the Word starts out as a, as a discipline, then becomes a desire and a delight. Hmm. And what's so tough is when people come to the kingdom, they think they're supposed to like the word because mm -hmm. I'm Christian. Mm -hmm. they, they, they feel that they're supposed to understand. It's supposed to make perfect sense. But nothing else in your life has happened that way. When you went to school, it didn't make sense. But you didn't have the choice to go, I'm not going back to school. Mm -hmm. You couldn't select your teacher. You had to figure out a way to understand what was being taught to pass the test. Well, you're trying to pass the test of life. So, so it's going to, when you first hear something, with all due respect, some of us really kind of got around learning in school. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, if you think about it, some of us figured a way to get by. But you can't get by in life. So what? You may not be the greatest mathematician in the room. You may not be the great, greatest English professor. But we ain't talking about math and English. We're talking about your life. Mm -hmm. So you can't get around that. You got to embrace the discipline, cross mm -hmm. over to delight, desire, and then make it a delight. Mm -hmm. With all due respect, relationships start out the same way. 
at first there's a honeymoon stage where when it wears off, now you deal with the reality of this relationship. That honeymoon stage, that dopamine or serotonin, that was just to draw you in. Hmm. Now you got to put in the work to forge out love. But, but, but our cartoons when we were kids told us when they met, they were happily ever after. Mm-hmm. We ain't see the in-between of uh, Popeye olive oil. You know, it's just, oh, you know, it's, hey, they, <laughs> in this long-term relationship, you know, with spinach and what have you, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, 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 so the stages that we're talking about here, you start out coming into this, this kingdom and this life or life of love uh, in a place of, of uh, where you got to start out with destruction. You're tearing down that flesh or the old way of living. You're, the word destruction is obliterated. Uh, we talked about it in the Master Life class, uh, crucifying the flesh, mortifying your members. And so we talked about in the Master Life class this morning the difference between closing the door to the flesh and crucifying the flesh. Closing the door means the door is closed. I'm not doing this flesh stuff no more, which we've all done before. Some of us have not, but... The flesh is still an option. It's still knocking at the door. But crucifying the flesh is it's not an option. But not only is it not an option, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't get a vote. See, right now, the flesh still has a vote in some of our lives because it hasn't been crucified. So that's why you can cuss or drink or do some things that are not, yeah, is it going to kill anybody? Well, eventually, yes. But right away, is it killing somebody? No. Right, but why does it? It's still an option because it still has a vote. When you have a choice to make, the flesh goes ho ho ho. Now that's some good spiritual stuff you just said right now. But I got another option that might feel more, feel better. And for this moment, you probably won't even think about your problems. What you think? And so let's go to the scripture Matthew twenty six. Uh, we've talked about it here before. I just I heard somebody. Yesterday, it might have been Jamal. I think mentioned this. That's the page. We, we was on. I think. Oh no, we wasn't. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. Uh, and verse 41. Now, now it talks about being alert at the beginning. It says, "Watch and pray." Right. It says that you enter not into temptation. So it's saying if we're not focused or locked in or watching and praying, temptation is going to be a viable option. You know, because we haven't established boundaries. We're childish. We, we ain't paying attention. Right? Then it says, the spirit, and then it breaks it down after the, after the colon. It says, the spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. So it's telling you right now, the spirit is indeed willing for us to operate in this level of love that we're talking about, agape. But the flesh is weak. Now, the flesh is not crucified. The weakest part of you gets a vote. In any other aspect of our life, the weakest person, you're like, so why are you talking? You know, if your families, if you have a child that's just, you know, young, irresponsible, and y'all taking a family vote, you're looking at the child like, and you're speaking why? <laughs> or you're not even considering them. Now, some of y'all have been that child, you know. Some of us have been that child. I, I didn't have a vote, you know. It was like, fool, ain't nobody listening to you, Right? So your flesh should be treated that way. You don't have a vote. You're not even considered. But you have to crucify the flesh. Now, if you don't crucify the flesh, what does it look like? 
uh, as Trina was talking about early today in the discipleship class, the carnal mind, fleshly mind. So you double-minded. You have your spirit man talking, but your flesh is talking also. So it's blending in. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. So you, you ever talk to somebody that you know they was tripping, but now they started living for Christ, but then they back, they, I'm not, I, we'll call it backslid or, or, or went back into compromise. And they, to you, they talking crazy. But, but they think they making sense. They're confident now. And you're sitting there going, what in the world are you talking about? Well, what happens is they've, they've infused the voice and the vote of the flesh into their communication. So it sounds good to them. Right? Because they're, 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 the flesh has offered something that they don't realize without their permission. The bonus package was blind spots. Right? And so that throws them off. So now they can't operate in full love. And, and, and when you don't operate in full love, it probably looks something like lust. Does that make sense? So, so, so lust is selfish. It's self-gratifying. It's ten, the tendency is please me. Love is can I please you? Yeah. Well, and lust is also it's never satisfied. Oh, well, let me just do this real quick. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, I right, so so you want to so there's three levels to this. There's destruction, mortifying the flesh. Now you're gonna be tempted to be in denial once the flesh is you know because a lot of times when people are trying to talk to you, you're in denial, mm -hmm. right? You know you you're trying to be disciplined but you still have that childishness in you so you 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 know because you you pretty much operate like a fool the bible says a fool despises knowledge proverbs 1 7 another version says uh the fool thumbs their noses up at discipline you know and uh maturity because they're fighting to stay a child to have their way mm -hmm. so every time they hear discipline they don't take all that this that and the other but i'm saying this respect this is what the bible says this is not keep uh Keith and Melanie Bradley, the fool thumbs their nose up at discipline. Mm -hmm. They got all types of cliches and phrases and cool sayings or jokes or when it comes to discipline. But all they're doing is joking their way into destruction, right? And then so you got the denial stage, but we're trying to cross over into the dedication stage. So you're trying to go from the destruction stage, get past the denial, which you're tempted to do, and get into the dedication stage. And that's commit, committing to dig out uh, a true fulfilling relationship, whatever the level is, whether it's church, whether it's friendships, and ultimately covenant. That's good. And, and being committed to do that, mm -hmm. you know, commitment is like a treasure hunt. The deeper you go, the greater the treasure. And so God is requiring us to go deeper in him. The Holy Spirit is the central figure in this earth. And he's the one that leads and guides us into really all knowledge and truth and, and everything that we need, really, to be honest with you. But we haven't uh, established or, or cultivated a relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the person that will tell you no. The Holy Spirit is the person that will tell you to do this, do that. But we ignore it, and when we start to ignore him, what happens is um, we dull our senses and the ability to be able to, to pick up the signal when he's actually trying to speak. Jesus said in his word that it's expedient that I go. Why? Because so that the 
the Holy Spirit can come. He's our comforter. He's our standby. He's our comforter. Okay, so let's, let's take it. He's our comforter. He comforts us wherever or whenever we need it. He's our standby. He's standing by, ready to assist us whenever we need him. He's our helper. He's here to help us. In every area of our life, he's here to help us with our children, with our marriages, with, with on a job. You know, like we are actually, we have everything that we need, but we, it's like, it's like having, uh, if, if let's say, I, I need a million dollars. Right here is my million dollars. Amen. <laughs> I'm in agreement with and that. And keep saying, I need a million dollars. I need a million dollars. Man, I need a million dollars. I'm rubbing next to the million dollars. I'm, I'm, I'm talking to the million dollars, but I don't recognize that I have the million dollars. If you don't recognize you have the million dollars, guess what? You don't have the million dollars, right? Mm. And so the thing is, the Holy Spirit is everything that we need. He is our comforter. He's our helper. He's our standby. He's our advocate. He actually, listen, if you are in a, a debate with your mate, your job, your children, whatever, he will advocate for you without you saying one word. Mm. He will advocate for you. So, I mean, you got the person, the person of the Holy Spirit can do more and affect more in this person or your person, whoever it is that you're dealing with, than you can. You know, a lot of times we can say, you ever, you ever do this, you hear, you say something to somebody and somebody they don't listen to you this this happens a lot with our what uh, had happened a lot with our son we would say things right and profound things right and then all of a sudden he would say uh, johnny over here said the same exact thing but it was like new revelation and we're like wait we've been telling that to you for years but for some reason he received it from johnny and so but the holy spirit is there y'all to assist and we've been ignoring him. He's our advocate. He's our help. He's our standby. He's our comforter. He is, um, what else? He's, um, he is, uh, what'd you say? He's everything. He really everything. is. There's nine different things, though. Yeah. Uh, but, but I just want to say that because we're, we're, we've got what we need, but we haven't been dependent on what we got. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and it's important that we uh, start to like lean to him because I promise you, he'll give you the direction. The only thing is you got to obey to see the outcome. Now, some of the things that he tells you to do is going to come against the resistance of how you think, but it's not supposed to be like how you think. You know what I'm saying? He's not supposed, he's supposed to give us the things that we need, not the things that will pacify us and keep us comfortable where we're at. And so I just want to say the Holy Spirit is, he is an overlooked person in our life and he's all around us. He's in us. And yet we're looking outside of ourselves and everywhere else for answers when it's, he's there. So the key is training ourselves to hear the Holy Spirit when he talks, training ourselves to not only hear, but to obey, you know, to hearken. Hearken means with the intent to obey. And, and, and so that's big because we all want to live a life that's fulfilling. We all want to live a life that is full of peace. We all want to live a life of fulfillment and, and, and uh, you know, nothing missing, nothing lacking. That's wholeness. We all want that. But are we doing what it takes to get it? And he is the central figure in this earth that will make it happen. Mm. 
So if he tells you to do, go back, then you say this. You say, well, I don't know if I heard. Go back to the very last thing he told you to do and do that. And I promise you, the more you start to do little things in, in obeying him, what he tells you to do, the more you'll actually hear him. And the more you hear him, guess what? The more you're going to actually start to operate and function in the things that you desire. Because what happens is the scripture says, delight yourself in him and he'll give, give you the desires of your heart. Right? So the more you delight in him, the more he knows your desires, like your real desires. You know, sometimes we think that we know our desires, but sometimes we really don't. You know, I was thinking about, you know, uh, sometimes we're so busy, y'all, we don't really know ourselves. Mm. Like, they call it, when a, when a woman goes through, they call it empty nest syndrome. So when the kids leave, now you're alone and you don't know what to do. Why? Because you have not been in touch with yourself. You've been a mom. You've been a wife. And now you're floating around like, well, okay, so now what do I do? As opposed to getting connected with God so he can show you who you are, so you can live out who you are, you can be who God called you to be, and, and, and quit filling these roles thinking that's what's making you. You know, like, like honestly, there were times, uh, and I'm still learning, what is my style? Mm. How many of y'all have gone to the store, the immediately the first thing you do is you go back to the clearance rack? You don't even see. You don't even see. How many of you, how many of you actually go to the rack, you pull out, you, you don't even look at what you, what you see. Something, maybe the, the, the color drew you there. But the first thing you do is you look at the tag. You don't even look at the outfit. And so God is requiring us to get to know ourselves intimately. But how do we do that? We do that because we need help. We can't see ourselves. And he'll show you you. You know, when you get older, and like I said, you've been a mom, you've been a dad. I remember when, when our son uh, uh, left. I ain't know what the heck to do. So what I did, because he, he didn't like uh, dogs, I got a fish. And the fish died. The fish died on me. So I was like, what the heck? I was like, dad, go on. So, so, but I felt like, like helpless. Like I didn't really know me. I didn't know me. How many of us are in this room that you don't know who you are? You know who you've become by way of your experiences in life, by way of information, you know, by way of authoritative voices. But, but have you really, really spent some time and really talked you know, to yourself to, to really say, what do you like? What do you like? Not what someone told you. What do you like? You know, sometimes, uh, I mean, there's been times, you know, we were in our marriage and, oh, and I still, this is something that I'm working on, um, <laughs> hinting. <laughs> like, for some reason, I don't know where this came from, but I'll say something like, if I want to go to dinner, I might say, oh, you know, that's a really nice restaurant. <laughs> what's, what's wrong with saying, hey, that seems like a really nice restaurant, can we go? That's a great idea, but for whatever reason, for whatever reason, something, something in me, no, 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 seriously. In we got it, we got it. But that's coming from a place that, so you got to, see, the time that I spend, y'all, with just that solitude time, I'm thinking about stuff like that. 
because it's coming from a place. That's, that's not just I just all of a sudden just, you know, have a problem with asking. No, where is that coming from? And I have found out in some cases it was because I dealt with lack. When you deal with lack, you come from a family where there's lack, you're afraid to ask you, because you know mama don't have money. You don't, you know, you're afraid because daddy might say no. And so you find ways to figure out a way to get your need met. So it comes from a place, but if you don't spend time with yourself and think about why you do what you do, why do you talk the way you talk, why do you act the way you act, then you, it'd be a snowball effect and you keep doing the same thing over and over expecting different results, and that's insanity. And so, you know, just really, really getting to know you and the better person to help you get to know you is the Holy Spirit. He will show you your life. He will give you, he'll, he'll rewind the tape of your life and show you when you was a little kid and how, how you were treated and how that affected you. So it's important that we lock in with the Holy Spirit because I'm telling you, it's like having zillions of dollars right next to you, inside you, and you're looking all around for it. You're looking everywhere but inside. where That's where he's at. He's inside you to lead you, to guide you. <laughs> well, well, actually, that, that last part was the lyrics from You Need the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and the thing is, like... Uh, uh, she has a scripture, uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 7, says you have this treasure oh, that's what I have hidden in the earthen mm -hmm. vessel. Mm -hmm. but, I, but I want us to look at a scripture. We, could we, we can go back mm -hmm. to that one. But I want us to look at 2 Timothy 3, uh, 16. 2 Timothy 3, 16. In light of what Pastor Mel just finished talking about. Uh, it says all scripture is given by the inspiration inspiration of God within that word inspiration is spirit in spirit of God and is profitable for doctrine for reproof for correction for instruction in righteousness mm -hmm. so that the man of God may be perfect or complete or mature thoroughly furnished in all good works right and uh, so the interesting thing is when it says it was uh given by inspiration, that means it was God-breathed. That's what they call canonization. When they put the Bible together, they put the books in there that they can prove that was God-breathed, right? Mm -hmm. And so it says for doctrine, that means guidelines. So, so guidelines are visible boundaries. So the thing is, as you mature, it says, you know, uh, now we look into a glass darkly, but then face to face. As you mature, what you do is you is you not only establish boundaries in your thinking, your speaking, and what you understand, which actually they're clear boundaries, uh, clear do's and don'ts. Mm -hmm. Because when the lines are blurred, you can walk outside of the presence of God and don't realize it. You can walk outside of your peace and purpose in life and don't realize it. So the word actually, uh, you, you ever watched a movie where uh, somebody's trying to break in break in a vault and they, they'll put a light and you can see all the red lights of the, all the lines of if you cross that line it's going to create an alarm mm -hmm. right so, so the, the interest of the word bringeth light and gives understanding to the simple Psalm 119 130 what that does is it shows you what are the boundaries hey up to this point I was walking outside of the presence of God I didn't know it right so that's what the doctrines are for visible boundaries the reproof is a reprimand you're, you're, it's actually, it's being addressed that you're going outside of the boundaries. 
Like we live this life like operating in love and growing as Christians. No one is supposed to reprimand us. Like we, we'll say that that's not Christian-like. Who am I to judge? No, but reprimand. Now we're not talking about crushing you. We're not talking about crushing your, your spirit, but we are saying, hey, look, you're going outside the lines. Hey, that's going to cost you. You're being made aware. And then correction is an amendment. I believe I'm, I'm, I'm moving towards God's design, but I'm off. I'm skewed. So what the word does, it corrects us. Hey, 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 come back within the lines. Hey, that's not, you're being deceived. That's not going to take you to fulfillment. It looks like, acts like, smells like fulfillment, but that's deception. It feels good, but it's going to get you. Hey, so it corrects you, but we run from correction. I don't get it. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're typing the wrong thing on your computer, there's a red line that's telling you, hey, you, you, there's no such thing as that, as that word. But we don't break the computer, do we? No, we just, what, correct the word. And so that's a natural part of life, correction, right? Mm -hmm. It's an amendment, that's all it is. And instruction, training. It's instructing us how to live this, this God life. Not how to live this God life, bring it into the, the world. Mm -hmm. so, so, so every time you come into this, uh, you ran track and you played football. So actually when you joined the football team, you, you, you joined it because you believed you were sweet. You could play football. But you learned a whole lot about football that you didn't know. And that's the thing. Like, but, but, but they weren't against you. They were actually saying, hey, you do have potential. You, yes, you can play, but there's a lot that you don't know. But if you constantly are fighting those things, how do you cross over into fulfillment? Like some of us have been exposed to ministry or things like that. I, hey, uncle, I agree. You, you, you've been exposed. But, but are you listening to what you don't know? Are you finding out what's, okay, has it equaled fulfillment? No, no, let's be honest. You just said truth, right? Let's be honest. Has it equal fulfillment? The reason why it hasn't is because you're fighting against finding out what you don't know. Right? And it's, it's hard. You like to keep navigating through these new things. When I first, was, when I first started playing basketball and I learned how to shoot, I made shots all the wrong way. And when they were teaching me the right way, I was like, man, man y'all messing up. What I'm comfortable at doing. But when I, when, I, when I allow myself to be broken, I was more consistent. And I, I, I ended up on platforms I never believed in my entire life. Same thing when I came to the kingdom. I was reading the Bible. I studied all the time. What, I'm sorry, when, not when I first came to the kingdom, but when I, when I became a Christian, I read the Bible a lot. <laughs> when, I came to the, when I got serious is when I was like, oh, that's what that really means. But I had to open myself up for what I didn't know. This, this is all we're telling you, like what Pastor Mel was just sharing, like the reason why we don't know ourselves because the scripture says we're looking into this word as like looking into a reflection or a mirror and we're changed into his image day by day. Not the world's image or our image. Now we're being transformed, not conformed. Mm -hmm. And so this is not, I get it, man. I know 
and God bless the people's intentions. I think they had the right intentions. People can only share what they've been exposed to. But a lot of religion, a lot of different, different stuff, it just makes it so like uh, dry or dead. But it really is designed for you to really be happy and fulfilled. Mm -hmm. God has given you richly all things to enjoy. But the things that God, a lot of us have are not, they're crushing us. Because we haven't embraced the change to be truly who we are. Hmm. we're still wearing a mask we're still hiding like some of us actually think compromise is okay mm -hmm. because we think it's okay so now you just made yourself God lining up with this not your interpretation of this but what this actually means mm -hmm. because some people are now reading it and twisting convert we talked about this last week uh, Wednesday we talked about it the Bible is full of facts and truth most people that are compromising and don't want to grow, they look for facts to justify their compromise. Mm -hmm. So they may say, hey, Noah drank, got drunk, but they're not reading through the Bible. Noah didn't build that ark on, on, on getting drunk. After, <laughs> listen, you be the one God uses to start the world again. You, you, you become that person. To start the world again, it's just you and your family. And you don't know if anybody else is ever going to show up. And then you, you saw people drowning and dying in, in that, that on the outside of the ark, screaming. No, 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 not two people. Mm. Creation screaming. And every time your boat went to a certain level, there was more people screaming and dying. Deaths. You ain't no killer. How would you handle it? That ain't even happening to you. Just the boss treated you wrong or, or somebody in a relationship didn't do you right. But this dude actually was, was, was in a place he never was, was at before. He dealt with depression after he built the ark. So, so it is a fact, but there's no truth that God says in the Bible, hey, Noah, what you need to do is, man, get you a drink, bro. <laughs> That's not a commandment. You understand what I'm saying? So there are facts in the Bible, but there, but what's the truth? Yeah, there were people in the Bible that had riches. Hey, Solomon had 500 wives and concubines. I don't know, Pastor, close, right? All right, so guess what? That's a fact. It's in the Bible. All right, so all y'all that's going to the Bible that's justifying your vices. I'm, a, I'm just speaking to the women right now. In that same Bible, Solomon had 500 wives. Your husband can have uh, 499 more wives and concubines? Yeah. Uh -uh. It's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. I don't get it. What's the, pro what the problem is? It's in the Bible. Right, so we ain't going with that, are we? Uh -uh. It's a fact, but, but that's not the truth. The truth is he was told not to go into them women. Let me let me add this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, look, look, yeah, we ain't want no four four hundred ninety nine more women. <laughs> well, I mean, because you know, there's there's some some men think that it's okay to have more than one wife. Ephesians five twenty two, uh, and I'm gonna read this uh, going to thirty three. It says, "Speak." Well, I'm sorry. Uh, speaks of relationship. This is what uh, Ephesians five twenty two talks about. Speaks of relationships between husband and wives. When referring to a husband, it's really 
talking singular. Um, and then the wife as well, singular. Um, for the husband is the head, and this is what it says, for the husband is the head of the wife. Wife, wife, singular. <laughs> he who loves his wife, singular, loves himself. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, singular, and the two will become one flesh. Each one of you also must love his wife, singular, as he lives or as he loves himself and the wife, singular, must respect her husband, singular, <laughs> uh, while a somewhat parallel, well, anyway, that's, that's, that's basically, it's singular. So that's the truth. That's the truth. Yes. Right. Hey, hey. The truth, there was all types of people that, that wasn't husband and wife that joined together. That's a fact. It's in the Bible. Mm -hmm. But guess what? It was in the Bible as people lost their minds. Yes. When people got caught in the lust and different things, like the, the fact is they lost their minds. Mm -hmm. Reprobate minds. Mm -hmm. The truth is what my wife just shared. Mm -hmm. you, you see what I'm saying? So sometimes we try to find facts to justify our compromise, but we don't embrace the truth so we can be in covenant. You know, just that's good. Say that again. We try, to just, <laughs> we try to use facts to justify our compromise, but we don't embrace the truth so we can be in covenant. So, so that's what's costing us not to be fulfilled. Yeah. Well, and if I could say this, so just what you just said, a lot of men, I'm not saying all men, a lot of men, they say, well, it's natural for me to want more than one wife. It's, you, you, I've heard that before. You've heard it before too, right? Yeah. It's, so why would God make me this way? <laughs> you know, uh, certainly there's a reason for that. You know, as opposed to, you said something last night. When you said, well, there's a whole bunch of women out there, but it's only one you. Well, well we or were talking about say? just the different, the, we would, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hear the whole thing before y'all start. All right. So we were talking about what I was sharing with somebody, I forgot who I was talking to my one-on-ones this week. And we were talking about, we were just talking about the different aspects of music and things of that nature. So the thought is always, well, what am I to listen to? Mm -hmm. Right, so when people start talking about different types of music, but the thought is, this is what you're listening to is the only option. Right. You ain't even tried to find God's way of listening to stuff. You just said, hey, what am I gonna do? There's nothing else to listen to, but you're playing off of the life that you lived, not the life that you're being uh, challenged to live, okay? So I said, well, if that's the case, you know, d d you know, as a male, there's women everywhere. So what am I supposed to go? Well, babe, there's women out here. What am I supposed to do? Like, like I have no other option. <laughs> I got to be with, uh, first of all, what is it? I don't know, billion or something women. So I got to be with all of them? Where does it, where does it stop? Mm. That's what I'm saying. Where is it? Where, what's the limit now? And this is what I'm saying. Like it costs something. It's a, it's, it starts out as a discipline, then becomes a desire and a delight. It costs something to be in a covenant, to be fulfilled. It, it's, it's a cost. It's, a, it's, it's Christ laid down His life to show His love, right? Well, you might as well stay there. So when we do the altar, we can pray for you. Oh, okay. You just standing up. Yeah. Okay. All right. Right, you, you understand what I'm saying? It costs, and, and that's all. So, so you don't have to pay the price. So, so hear me through. We share, we share this with the youth, and we'll share it with everybody here. 
if, if we never teach anything, guess what? You're going to do what you want to do. Some of you are doing it, right? If nobody said nothing, but as, a, as pastors or leaders, our job is to give you the considerations. Mm -hmm. Don't get, you don't have to stick your chest out. You don't have to get offended. You only have to get upset. No one's making you do anything. But when you hear it, you hear it like, oh, you're going to try to tell me this. No, no, no. I'm not trying to tell you anything. I'm telling you what the word says because we're at church. Why did you show up? Not, not putting nobody down, but you, you did show up to hear from God, right? Mm -hmm. And when you hear from God, you're not hearing from God because you already knew the information all the time. You're not just showing up. Sometimes you're going to get confirmation, right? But you're not just showing up to find out what you already know. You're trying to find out to discover maybe what you hadn't realized. You're setting new targets. You're not going to walk on water because you heard a sermon. Mm -hmm. And some of y'all will because you're not far away from, y'all know what I mean by walking on water, but, but living a solid, sanctified life. But some people are like, hey, that's a target. That's a new target. That's a new discovery. But don't allow your flesh to, to, to fight, come up with a justification to excuse things that maybe it's already an appetite, right? It's understandable, it's already an appetite. Uh, I already have a momentum, right? And I like this right now. The God is not giving you things based on your, your previous appetites the things that you already like and the things that you're already on momentum in doing. He's giving you what it's going to take for you to be fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And he's willing to lay down being liked to give you the truth. And if we're called, we say we're set apart as, as conduits for God, we have to be willing to lay down our like mm -hmm. to give you the truth. Mm -hmm. But if we just wanted to be liked, you would get no truth. We'd be like, oh, yeah. so in other words, so I say something, but go, yeah, but what about this? That? No, like, yeah, that's a good point. We just go with that. Because I just want her to like me. I don't want her to. If I stick with what God is saying, she might not like it. Mm -hmm. But guess what? As she's growing, she's going to discover, oh, my God. So, so, so are you challenging yourself to, to, to grow beyond where you are? Mm -hmm. That's all I'm saying. And all it is is, so let's say if I share something with Natalie, you know, as a, a father to a daughter. She's in my house. It's my daughter. I'm not sharing with her the crowd. I, I, I love my child, right? I'm sharing with her, hey, I love you. You're wonderful. But you, you got to make this next step. Now, she, <sighs> dad, super holy guy, you know, <laughs> here we go, Mr. Bible Man. I get all that. <laughs> but guess what? I'm willing to be Mr. Bible Man. I'm willing to be the uh, super spiritual to give her what she needs. Now she has a healthy choice. Mm -hmm. She doesn't have just her feelings, her emotions, the world's momentum. She has the truth. Now she can choose. That's a nice truth. Sis ain't doing that right now. But now that's on her now. Her blood's not on my hands. It's on her own hands. You understand what I'm saying? So we get it when you come to church. I, listen, everybody that walked through the door already made. Already walking on water. No one in, none of us, I didn't walk through the door already made. Everybody doesn't already know. Nobody's walked through the door already knowing. So we come in 
maybe they don't know. And even if they don't know, our job is to water it, to feed it, and to give them the considerations. Now, now, go onward, Christian soldier. Make your choices and decisions. I was already aware of that. Uh, get your choices and thank you, though. Thank you. Uh, get your choices. Make your choices and decisions with all of the truth. We already know. First of all, in this culture, it's totally different from when I when I worked for a church for twelve years before. Some stuff you ain't even know. People right around you don't even know. Now we know everything because I don't know why, but everybody posts everything. You know, they'll be talking about the Lord, and then they, they post something that got nothing to do with the Lord. I say, like, ah, you might not want to just it was, it, what that does. Mess up your witness a little no, bit. No, that's there. good. <laughs> no, that's, that's good because you could be saying. Keep it to you could be saying. <laughs> you could be saying some really, really good stuff, and then when it's tainted with the world, you know, like uh, it could be cursing. Like you can, you can, you can have a, a good. You know, a good um, ins inspirational message, message. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and then right in your message, you say a curse word or say something off that's not of God, and immediately you lose your all. So everything that you said up to that point, it's like, wait a minute. Okay, so what is this guy or this girl? What are, what, what do they believe? Because out of their mouth, blessings and curses is coming out at the same time. The scripture says to James, that should not be so. Right. But that's, but hey, hey but guess what? That's a, at certain stages, mm -hmm. some of us may be at that level. Right. But what I'm saying is, until you mature, mm -hmm. watch putting yourself on a platform. Right. Watch exposing your whole life. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's why the Bible says when you're converted, go strengthen your brother. Yeah. So it's, so the Bible's already saying that it ain't gonna take right away. Yeah. Right. Somebody asked me about an uh, uh, a person in with a high platform. They says, "Well, should we judge this person?" I said, "I'm not into judging them or not. I don't need to follow the person right now because they're in transition. Mm -hmm. People put them on a platform because they were already a lot of means of people's following them. But if tomorrow they do something crazy, now now these people are gonna be crushed." Mm -hmm. Why don't you let, let it take first? Why don't you let the person actually go through the full conversion? Right? Before every, everybody's just up on this platform. That's just it. Listen, I wasn't even put on a platform. And okay, keep it real, I'm still not. There's another platform God's taking me to. But he's trying to purge all that he's trying to purge out of me. I don't cuss. I don't drink. I don't do none of that. But there's levels God wants me to get to. Absolutely. Both of us. And I, I don't have 7 million people following me yet. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So, so I'm not exempt? Yeah. Paul went through a process. Everybody goes, that God is endorsing, they go through a process. When you just, now you, you don't have, you can skip the process. Because you got YouTube and what, what have you. Again, I'm not putting those things down, but what I'm saying is, if you don't allow yourself to be sent, mm -hmm. you can actually bring the flesh along with you. Mm -hmm. And cause other people to stumble. That's right. the thing. Because they'll, they'll think yeah, it's, it's okay. enough for the day. I'm sure. <laughs> Did you have a final thought? Uh, okay. The final thought here is we live, there's two kingdoms. There's the kingdom of God and there's the kingdom of the world, right? So if we are called Christians then we need to be living in God's kingdom. And the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. That's those three things. The kingdom of God is righteousness, 
what is in right standing with God, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So, um, you know, we just ascribe to that. Make a decision. Set that as a target. Set it as a target. Make a decision. Which kingdom are you going to operate in? Which kingdom are you going to operate in? In his kingdom, he has everything. In the world's kingdom, it's a lot in the world, but it, God actually owns that too. But it is, is a whole lot in there, but it comes with a, a lot of conditions. It's, 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 uh, it's, 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 uh, it's not designed to, to fulfill you. It's, it's not. designed to, for you to enjoy the moment, right, in the moment, but still a lot of your life. So for instance, you can get a brand new house or a car, but guess what? A month later, it's not brand new anymore. And then after a while, it doesn't have the same weight. In the kingdom of God, you can, you can ride something on until Jesus comes and you'll be at peace. You'll, you, it, it's fulfilling. It's, it's much more than just the superficial It's not uh, at the expense that, of the most important things in right. your life just to, to obtain or to have. So just if, if, you, if you look at it as you are in this world, but you're not of this world, there's two kingdoms operating at the same time. Which kingdom are you in? Ask yourself which king. So your actions, everything that you do is going to determine which kingdom that you're operating in. That's good. Yeah. 